Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA, welcomes basketball fans with a slam dunk offer. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on any game. If either team hits a three-pointer, you'll automatically receive $200. Just use bonus code JACOB200, J-A-C-O-B-200 when you place your bet. Enjoy this NBA season like never before with a variety of parlay selection features, boosted odds specials, daily promotions, and more. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Physically present in Kansas to bet. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Welcome in, everybody. Hour number two. So uh, we've got flights and things happening. Dan Israel is in the air. So we look to the bench and we bring in Eric Townsend to come in and fill in admirably. Pick up the slack for Dan today. Eric, welcome into the first time producer on the Chiefs Radio Network. Good to talk to you today. Well, thank you, sir. You know, it's not too bad coming off the bench, kind of like the Commanders. They had their second-string quarterback come in yeah. and do some damage last night. So I'll take that role. That's right. The, you know, the Chad Henney of the past, the you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we're That's glad right. to have you here with us, uh, Eric. And, you know, it's an interesting time. We were talking in the first hour about just how teams stack up uh, in the NFL, in the AFC, and it feels a little bit to us like the Chiefs have sort of reestablished themselves right at the top of the heap, the consistency, the offense has been there, the defense appears to be getting better, a nice win against Jacksonville, maybe could have been a little cozier than it ended up being, but with all the things different teams are dealing with across the league, the Chiefs are in as good a position as any of them. You feel the same way? Absolutely. You know, what's weird about this year compared to last is, you know, when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl and then they went back to the Super Bowl and and then the, the following year, it seems like it's always been everybody's attention has always been Kansas City. What's Kansas City doing? Kansas City's the favorite. Kansas City's the favorite. This year, all eyes are on Buffalo. It's kind of like Kansas City is in the background 
And it's like, well, what is Josh Allen doing? And all the attention is Buffalo's the popular pick, and Buffalo's going to go to the Super Bowl, and it's already set in stone. And meanwhile, it's kind of like taking that portrait picture. It's like you got this nice little picture of Josh Allen, but in the background, kind of blurred a little bit, is, oh, that's right, Kansas City's still there. And we're kind of that forgotten team now that's just, you know, kind of just going along, getting some wins, and all of a sudden you look, and while Buffalo's now hitting a couple of roadblocks, the Chiefs are sitting there at 7-2, and two, leading the AFC, and it's like, uh-oh, other teams in the AFC are starting to notice, going, well, wait a minute, the Chiefs are back. Well, you know, the road to the Super Bowl may have to go through Kansas City again through the AFC. So Kansas City's kind of that forgotten team this year while all eyes are on Buffalo, and Kansas City doing what they're supposed to be doing is winning games. Eric, you take a look at the offensive game plan on Sunday against Jacksonville. Definitely a more balanced attack than what we saw last week against the Tennessee Titans. Patrick Mahomes threw for uh, 331 yards on 35 attempts. But Isaiah Pacheco, I want to ask you about him, finished with 82 yards on 16 carries. He had that fumble in the first half, but Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy went right back to him. He was kind of the bell cow uh, running the football for Kansas City on Sunday. Talk a little bit about what you think about the trust that both Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy have in Pacheco to be able to go back to him after he fumbled. You know, it's amazing. You know, Andy's done that with multiple players. You know, Sky Moore fumbles a punt, and all of a sudden Sky Moore's back out there taking the next punt. I mean, that's what Andy does. He just he, he knows those guys are, are hard on themselves. It's easy just to say, okay, that kid's done. He fumbled. We need to go to somebody else. That's not what Andy Reid's all about. And we talk about that in the booth at these games. You know, I'll look at Mitch, and, and I'm surprised when Pacheco gets the next carry. But uh, it's, what, it's what the Chiefs need to do. We need to have the running game going. Tennessee was an odd game, guys. I mean, that's one of the best defensive fronts you're going to see in all of football. And I know it's easy to look at, well, you know, the Chiefs handled the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's a good defense. And, and some of these other defenses, the 49ers were the number one defense when we went out to San Francisco and played them. But that Tennessee front doesn't get enough credit, and they were tough. Did, should we have done more? Should we have run better? Did our offensive line not play the best game against Tennessee? Absolutely. But we have to get this run game going, and it was good to see Pacheco and some of the other guys step in. McKinnon, when he's healthy, can uh, you know do some damage. We have to have this running game going. Everybody knows what Patrick Mahomes can do. When Patrick is in the shotgun, we all know what the passing game looks like. But if we're going to take that next step, if we're going to dominate in the playoffs, we have to get this running game going. Uh, Eric Townsend joining us, producer on the Chiefs radio network. Um, speaking of the run game, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and I just, just am seeing this, tweets out today, a lot of days I just want to wake up and jump on a rocket and leave this blank with my family and my posse. Um, I, I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's just a cryptic tweet, but it feels like something is amiss there. Do you have any insight onto what's going on with Clyde and why he we've seen his role diminished in such a way in, in a short period of time here? I sure don't, guys. And I'm not, not just trying to play coy with you, um, just not, not trying to be you know an insider, even right. though I travel with the team. But you know, even when Andy Reid, I think he got asked that in a post-game press conference this past week after the Jacksonville game. They're like, hey, we noticed you went with Pacheco more and Clyde really didn't get many touches. Is that on a field basis? And Andy kind of said, yeah. I kind of, you know, Andy's like, you know, kind of the game plan. He looks at it and going, hey, this may be a Pacheco-type game. I really don't I don't have an answer for because there are some games where I think earlier this year Pacheco had a great game. Um, I, I'm trying to think of what game that was where he kind of 
we thought, oh, he's going to take the role now. And then that next game, it might have been the Raiders Monday night game where Pacheco was barely out there. And you kind of left scratching your head going, well, I, I thought we were going to r- ride this train for a little bit. So kind of, if that is a tweet that he sent out, yeah, I, I'm not sure what the meaning behind that is. Maybe he's a little upset with the carries that, that Clyde didn't get there. But um, I think Andy just kind of looks at the game plan and, and the physicality and looks at the defensive front and, and just kind of, you know, goes week to week. So, Eric, uh, switching gears here a little bit, when Brett Veach made that trade to bring in Kadarius Tony before the trade deadline, we had a conversation. I think a lot of people talked about this as well, how it looked like at the time that trade would be much more impactful potentially in the long term than the short term. Well, it's been impactful in the short term, too, as Tony gets his first NFL touchdown uh, against Jacksonville on Sunday. And, of course, with McCole Hardman out and injured last week, and then we see Juju Smith-Schuster go down uh, with his concussion and the injury on Sunday. Talk a little bit about the importance of Kadarius Tony in this offense and him being able to establish himself pretty early on in his time with Kansas City. Yeah, I, I tell you what, it's amazing the foresight that those guys have when they bring in Tony, and you're like, okay, it's kind of a crowded wide receiver room. Well, then here we go, like you just mentioned. Juju goes down. Uh, you know, I'll be, I'll, I'll be honest, guys. I'll be shocked if he plays, and I don't have any – again, I don't have any insight on that, but I think we all be, would be shocked if he's playing this weekend just because of the, you know, the, the, the NFL uh, uh, concussion protocols. So we'll kind of see what happens through the rest of the week with Juju if he, if he clears some hurdles. But it's amazing now with Tony on there, we'd all be in panic mode right now because you'd start doing the math going, well, Hardman's coming off an injury. He didn't play this week. We don't have anybody else. And now Tony could play a major role. I love the fact that when we go get Tony, that first game you're thinking, oh, he'll be lucky to be out there. Maybe, maybe he'll field a couple kickoff returns. <laughs> the first pass of the game goes right to him. So it's like, wow, they want to get this guy involved, and they're really excited about it. I think what you guys saw him play in Jacksonville, I think each week is going to get heavier. I think it's going to get heavier this game against the Chargers. I, I, I want to see him take on that Tyreek Hill-type role. Now, I'm not saying he's, you know, nobody's got the same speed as Tyreek, but Tony's got that speed and deep threat and the moves that he's got. I want to see some deep passes. I want to start seeing him go you know, very deep down the field and be that threat that we're looking for. So I think we're going to see that as these games go along. It's it, it, I, I agree. I think I think we're just scratching the surface and they're clearly going to use him. Him and Hardman on the field at the same time will be a really interesting thing to see. Um, I want to ask you about another team as it relates to the Chiefs. I think right now the Dolphins to me feel like the 2018 Chiefs. Do you get that vibe the way they're playing offensively and the deficiencies they have defensively and how dangerous are they? Do you think in this AFC playoff picture? I think they're very dangerous. I think the big question was is when they went out and got their new toys, when I'm talking about Tyreek, and even when they made these latest trades, uh, you know, with the Broncos and stuff and adding to their defensive parts, I think everybody still kind of has that, no, but it's Tua. And I'm just – I can't throw all my weight on Tua's side yet. Well, the stats prove it. Tua's having one heck of a year. And so as much as we don't like to say that, you have to give credit where credit's due. Now, you know, everybody wanted to – all the people who were against the Chiefs all these past years were always like, well, Patrick's a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He's on the highlights, but he's got Tyreek Hill. Now they're kind of saying that with Tua. They're like, well, Tua was always okay, but he since he's got Tyreek, it makes it look good. But even when some games when Tyreek is not there and Tyreek doesn't have all the flashy catches, you know, he's getting the ball to waddle and all that. So, no, to go along with your point, Miami does need to be feared. And if I'm a Bills fan, if I'm a Jets fan, 
anybody in the AFC. I'm not going to feel comfortable in that first round if you don't have that bye week and you're playing the Miami Dolphins, whether it's in Miami or on the road. Absolutely. That's a team nobody wants to face in this year's AFC playoffs. So, Eric, it looks like Frank Clark is returning to Kansas City after his two-game suspension. He'll be back, uh, looks like, on the field this weekend in the primetime game against the Chargers. But in his absence, yeah, I know Kansas City played Tennessee and Jacksonville, so we're not talking about like major world beaters here with either one of these teams. But I really felt like in his absence, guys like George Karloftis and Carlos Dunlap and of course, Nick Bolton as a linebacker, those guys really stepped up in his absence. Where do you feel like this defensive unit as a whole is right now as we go into a primetime game this Sunday? Guys, I'm sure you've talked about it with Dan all the time so far this year, but I, I can't get over the speed of the defense this year. You know, and Mitch preached to us about that and training camp and everything. He's like, guys, guys, I'm telling you, this defense is faster and faster. And, and you know, so when you got rid of a, a Tyron Matthew and stuff of that nature, older guys, you're kind of hoping what he was, what Mitch was preaching was right. He's been dead on accurate with what, what, what his assessment is. This defense is just faster guys. If you'll notice just in this Jacksonville game, when they handed off to ETN and some of the runs that he, he just didn't have there, it's because of a Bolton or a Willie Gay or somebody busting through out of nowhere, making a great tackle. So bringing a Frank Clark back only helps this defense. And I think Frank's obviously, you know, when these guys go on suspension, Willie Gay was motivated more than anything. You know, they're a little bit embarrassed about the situation. Why are they being suspended? But now they want to come back and show, all right, guys, I'm back with the team. I'm ready to help you guys. The speed of this defense is what is so exciting. And I know we've got youth in the secondary, and you kind of hold your breath when somebody throws the deep ball. And we're going to see that. You know, with, with Herbert, you know, and those guys with the Chargers, we're, we're going to see a lot of our secondary is going to be tested. But the speed of our defense is what makes this so exciting this year going into the playoff. Talking with Eric Townsend, uh, stepping in for Dan Israel today of the Chiefs Radio Network. Always appreciate these visits, and we appreciate Eric last notice making a switch for us. Uh, the Chargers are interesting. They are dealing with as many injuries as any team is in the league. They're not as healthy as they were the first time they played the Chiefs. I don't know how much healthier they're going to get before this game. Um, It feels like a nice time to get them if you're the Chiefs this weekend for a young secondary to potentially not have to guard both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. That timing feels pretty good for Kansas City. It does. It's going to be interesting. That'll be the biggest two names to watch all week. Um, if you're a Chiefs fan, you didn't like the initial reports that Mike Williams and Keenan Allen were back at practice this week. I saw that yesterday. Now, whether or not they play, whether or not they, they feel good and finish out this week, I was a little bit skeptical when they were held out last week. Um, their, their game against the 49ers this past weekend, so I thought, oh, boy, that gives them another week to rest up and they'll come back against us. The Chargers know how big this game is you know they're five and four we're seven and two they don't want to go five and five and be three games behind us uh you know uh, with seven games to go they know the division will pretty much be out of reach and they're going to be on the playoff bubble this game is their super bowl this 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 game i'm not trying to hype up a a sunday night prime game because it's already a good game to watch and it's going to be great for the nation to see but if i'm a chargers fan this is my super bowl this is it guys if we want to even have a heartbeat in trying to win this division and hopefully the Kansas City stumbles down the road, we've got to get this game. So, no, the two names you brought up are very interesting. I'll keep all eyes on Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Not only are they going to be on the field to play, will they be, they have always been a thorn in our side. It doesn't matter. I'm not talking just this year with our young guys, last year with our experienced group in the backfield. 
those guys always have our numbers. You can always go back and look at the Keenan Allen stats and it's like, wow, we just there's something about that guy that just he always has great games against us. So those two names will be huge this week on the injury report. Yeah, I, I, I think so too, Eric. We appreciate it and we'll certainly keep our eye on that. What do you guys have coming up on the broadcast this weekend? Anything special for us to look forward to here on the network? Yeah, absolutely. We're trying to. We had Mike Tirico on, um, uh, you know, the last uh, game we were on the Sunday Night Football, and so we're trying to either have Melissa Stark. We're hoping to have either Melissa or Chris Collinsworth on. So Dan and the guys will be sitting down with them. So a lot of good stuff that we're planning with some of the uh, NBC uh, the Sunday Night crew there. So we're hoping to have those guys on and give us their insights, uh, like Mike did. Mike Mike Tirico is always great to have on the air, and he was a great interview. So. This week, we're uh, hoping to have Melissa uh, or Chris or both, as a matter of fact, uh, trying to get that worked out this weekend to get their thoughts on the, on the Chiefs team this year. All right. Well, you can hear it right here on the Chiefs Radio Network at our Odyssey family. We appreciate it, Eric. Let's do this again soon, and good luck. Safe travels. Let's have a fun game Sunday night. Absolutely, guys. Always great to talk to you. If you missed anything with Eric there, you can always go back to kfhradio.com and check it out. We'll take a break now from football. Come back, KU Duke. Who is ready? There are all kinds of uh, local tie-ins to this game. Tommy, it's more than just Grady Dick. This is going to be awesome. We'll talk about it. Biggest college basketball game of the year. We'll have a preview next. All right, Tommy, here we go. KU Duke, number six versus number seven. Kansas's big test of the year, no Bill Self. Both teams' big test of the year. They've had a couple of cupcakes leading into this game. And we've talked about Grady Dick, the Wichita native, Sunrise Christian. His teammate there, Mark Mitchell, has been Duke's best player this year. So the two best players on the floor tonight, arguably, Jalen Wilson has something to say about that. Uh, but two of the best freshmen, let's say, in the country so far, both played together as recently as last year right here in Bel Air at Sunrise Christian. That is awesome when we look at this game. As much fun as this is going to be just in general for college basketball, how incredible is that that we see this game tonight on national television that everyone's watching and two of the three or four best players on the floor played high school basketball last year together right in our backyard here. Yeah, tip of the cap to Luke Barnwell and Sunrise Christian and just what uh, that the incredible program that he's developed in getting these guys to the next level and, and being high-impact players um, for the top teams in America. And that's what we've seen from Grady Dick and Mark Mitchell uh, is, is doing his thing at Duke also. What I think is so funny leading up to this game is that it's Kansas and it's Duke in the Champions Classic and it's Norm Roberts and John Shire coaching the teams. Like, I, it's just it's right. interesting to me that that's the way that it's all going to play out tonight. Uh, but, no, I love the fact that the Champions Classic has now been moved back to the second week of the season because when it's been the opening game, you literally have no idea, and you're going out of the gates just immediately um, with high-level basketball. So I like having a couple of warm-up games to kind of figure out 
the rotations, figure out the strengths, the weaknesses, all of that. So I feel like we have a little bit of a better idea where Kansas stands right now because of the fact that they played Omaha and they played North Dakota State. And we can evaluate that a little bit. Uh, and that's going to make it, I think, a little bit easier for us to be able to, to digest what Kansas has to do to get the win tonight against Duke. Yeah, I think Kansas is a little ahead offensively. I think there's a chance Duke might be a little ahead defensively. I haven't seen Duke play. Um, I know that they only allowed 44 and 38 points in their two games. Now, they have played an even easier schedule than Kansas so far. So, you know, take from that what you want. But in Division One college basketball, when you allow 44 and 38 points, I don't care who it's against, that's pretty impressive, right? That's That's not anything to shake your head at Kansas in the meantime against better opponents certainly has scored 89 and 82 points. So this is interesting. And, and, you know, I, I don't know how you evaluate this game right now, other than sit back, watch it. And then we can really begin to evaluate these two teams after this game. It's neutral floor. Um, I do think there'll be a little offense. I'm curious to see if Duke's defense is that good. I find that hard to believe when you're going to lean on as many young players as they typically do, that they can be that ready, you know, defensively right out of the gates. But I, I don't want to discount what they've been able to do on that side of the ball because it is impressive. Uh, it, it, it is impressive. Phil, Philip out. <laughs> Filipowski is also a freshman. He's been one of their key guys so far. And then they've got some upperclassmen mixed in there. But they're young enough, Tommy, that I don't know if that defense is for real. If it is, watch out. But we just haven't seen them tested, and they're going to get tested today. Well, the best thing that Kansas could have done was play a team like North Dakota State when they did. Because, of course, we all had questions about what is it going to look like defending the bigs and, and that, that play from the post position. And Duke has big men too, Filipowski, Ryan Young, Derek Lively. They, they're, they're the big guys for Duke, and they've got more all-around skill than North Dakota State does, but the fact that Kansas had the opportunity to play a couple of big men in North Dakota State to get kind of a warm-up round before they play Duke I think is going to be super helpful for Kansas in that game tonight. The biggest thing is going to be can the Jayhawks utilize their speed on both ends of the court? We've seen it through two games so far, just how fast this team plays. And if they're able to get out in transition, you know, Duke is going to want to finish in the post. But if if Kansas can uh, frustrate Duke a little bit down in the post and create turnovers and then play in transition, I think the speed overall for the Jayhawks will will lend itself to them having success tonight. I do too. Um, I, I think that I, I think that I really like Kansas in this game, and I got to be careful there because there is going to be a bias there, and that I've seen them play, and I have not seen Duke play. But I think I like Kansas in this game, and the reason I think I like Kansas in this game so much, it's not the super freshmen that we've talked about that we love and that we'll follow because they played at Sunrise. It's because of what else Kansas have, and I think that's their early season advantage for sure. Jalen Wilson's going to be, you know, very much in the mix to be an All-American. Dewan Harris has looked awesome so far. We know the experience they have in McCuller, and this feels like a game to me, Tommy, that he could really step up and be a factor. 
they also have, you know, Dick and Rice in the in the super freshman, but they've got some experience. And if push comes to shove and this game gets a little dicey, I think you can lean on guys like Yesifu, right? And and KJ Adams and the experience he gained through the tournament last year. I just think Kansas is a little ahead of Duke on November 15th, where they end up at the end of the year, I don't know, and, and, and that doesn't matter for today. Just speaking about today, though, I think Kansas will be a little bit ahead. I, I Again, I think that I really like Kansas in this game. It's been an interesting line, Tommy. So it opened with Duke as a favorite. Yesterday, we were talking in the office, KU became the favorite. I actually took one of those. I was like, well, I better get him in case that swings. Now today, though, it swung all the way back to Duke at two points in some places. Uh, BetMGM had it at a point and a half this morning. So I don't know what the national perception is. I just know everybody, this is it. Like, this is going to be so much fun, and I hope that it's not one of those where we get sort of a dud because it's early season college basketball. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I think we're going to get a really good game. Yeah, it seems like this is as close to a toss-up as you could possibly get. Um, and, and I've seen it in different places on different books. Um, you know, in fact, like I, I looked at it, I think yesterday, and at the exact same time, one book had Kansas as the favorite, another book had Duke as the favorite, like at the exact same time. So uh, I think that there's, you know, just that that coin flip, right? Um, but ultimately, you mentioned Dewan Harris. I think that, yeah, we know the talent of Grady Dick. We know the talent of Jalen Wilson, but the marquee matchup, in my opinion, is going to be Dewan Harris taking on Jeremy Roach. Um, Jeremy Roach kind of is that same guy that Dewan Harris is, but for Duke, he's kind of the the floor general. He's the leader uh, of this team, and if Dewan Harris can play lockdown defense on Jeremy Roach, um, I think that's going to bode well for, for Kansas. Um, in the first two games of this season, Jeremy Roach combined for 26 points and 12 assists. He shot 50% from the floor and 46% from three. And Duke, in the last three seasons, they're 6-0 and when Jeremy Roach makes three or more three-pointers in a game. So that's going to be key uh, for DeWan Harris to lock down on Jeremy Roach in that game. So, yeah, of course, we, we want to see Grady Dick score. We want to see Jalen Wilson you know, try to take a game over. But if you watch the point guard matchup tonight, uh, that's going to be a, an ultimate key for Kansas to get the win. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you bring him up because the one thing we haven't seen as Dewan Harris has grown a tremendous amount, it would appear in this offseason, is him defensively, right? What kind of defense is he going to be able to provide when he plays a player like that? I would, you know, I would expect growth because it's a Bill Self team, right? So great point. Love that matchup tonight. As for the young guys, at least as it pertains to Grady Dick and Mark Mitchell, they have been on as big of stages as you could possibly be on pre-college in what they were able to do at Sunrise, get onto national television in some of these tournaments. I do think that's a real advantage for both of those guys because I think sometimes super freshmen maybe that haven't taken that route, this might be the first time like, oh man, everybody's watching. Everybody's been watching these two guys. They're McDonald's All-Americans, right? Everybody's been watching them for a long time. So I don't think the moment's going to be too big for either of them, and I do think they'll both be big factors tonight. And I think MJ Rice now has an opportunity here as another super freshman. Athletically, he showed us against North Dakota State he can hang. Everybody's going to be talking about Dick and Mitchell. MJ Rice maybe with his first real big chance to establish himself. That's a nice opportunity too. I suspect the McCuller makes some plays tonight. I, I think that he has been relatively quiet 
But he's here for one reason, and it's to win big games and try to win a national championship. These moments are what drew him away from a tremendous program in Texas Tech. I think this is an opportunity for him, too, to put his early stamp on Kansas. So there are a lot of things in play here. K.J. Adams is going to end up being one of the keys to this game. Really, I mean, Tommy, it's all over the floor defensively for Kansas, right? Can they defend the bigs, and can Dewan Harris defend the point? I don't know. I don't know. I think we'll see scoring in this game. I think we'll see scoring in this game, and I think this is going to give a nice blueprint for Roberts, Self when he comes back, and that staff to learn just what they are and what they really have to lock in on as far as improving before conference play begins. Duke is long. Duke is athletic. But Kansas is fast, and we've watched them play really, really fast uh, the last couple of games. And so they're going to have to use that speed to their advantage. You mentioned Kevin McCuller. Uh, he was only plus 30 in the plus minus uh, after that game against North Dakota State. So, yeah, he's a winning. The player. Jayhawks are, are clearly a better team when Kevin McCuller is on the court, uh, making the impact where he does. Um, so they've got to rely on that, too. As far as the young guys, uh, how many times have we seen freshmen, uh, not just on Kansas, but any team come in? They're highly touted, highly regarded freshmen. And they come in, it, it takes a while for them to acclimate themselves to the college game. Yeah. Uh, they, they wither um, under the bright lights. They, they wither under the pressure. Uh, they've got to get their reps in. They've got to be able to figure it out in real time. And typically, you see growth and development of freshmen as the year goes on. We've not seen that with Grady Dick. And that's what makes it so remarkable is the fact that he all he does is step in and just it looks like he's been there for years. Uh, and that's what makes him so special. So I don't anticipate the moment being too big for Grady Dick. And and ultimately, I don't I don't think the moment's too big for Mark Mitchell either, because, as you said, those two guys have had their fair share of playing in the spotlight. So I think that that's going to be fun to watch when you're on national TV. You're taking on I mean, it's two blue bloods. Um in the Champions Classic, which is always the premier matchup to kick off the season. Um, I don't think that moment is too big for either one of them. I don't either. And, and yes, you mentioned Duke is long and athletic. Man, Dick is long and athletic. And MJ Rice is long and athletic. And McCuller is long and athletic. And Jalen Wilson, depending on the position he plays, is long and athletic. I do think there's a misconception with KU when we talk about the lack of a true, like, dominant big, and maybe Uday is that, but maybe he's not, they've got length and athleticism at every position on the floor, though, with that, right? If And that's the thing. It's not, yeah, we'd love to see a true five there, but and maybe they play a five that's six seven in K.J. Adams that we know is athletic enough to do it if he's tall enough, but they have that length and athleticism all over the floor. Dick... He's going to be impossible to defend if he's playing well because of his length and athleticism and his ability to shoot the outside shot and his explosiveness to the basket. So I do think there is some, and and I think Jalen Wilson has something to do with it because I think a lot of people, I think we label Jalen Wilson, not incorrectly, but I think we have a hard time labeling the position he plays. Feels a little bit like Perry Ellis did. Um, You know, like, is he is he a four? Is he a three? Which one is he? Because he's six foot eight. If he's a three, Tommy, he's he's got great size, right? If he's a four, maybe he doesn't have enough size. It kind of feels like Perry Ellis did, and 
I think he's a three, and he's got size as a three, the way he handles the ball. Well, there were times that Perry Ellis played as a five and looked, you know, because they had to have it, though. They had to. They had to. Yeah. Um, So the the luxury is there where Jalen Wilson doesn't necessarily have to play out of position. I think that the narrative remains the same, though, as we've talked about it before the season started and then even after the first two regular season games. Yeah, there's the lack of the the true five. The question becomes. Can the Jayhawks win basketball games without getting consistent offense from a true five? So far, the answer has been yes. And I think that they this, can. I think they can, too, because of the, the overall talent. Now, what it's going to rest on, not only the Jayhawks' speed, but they're, they, they have to shoot the ball well. They have to finish at the rim. They have to be able to uh, make their threes. They're a good shooting team. My only concern is what happens, and, and this this game always comes for every team. What happens when there's a lid on the hoop? What happens when the shots are not falling? Where do you go? And can somebody, Grady Dick, Jalen Wilson, Kevin McCuller, can somebody take the game over and make sure that even with the lack of having a big to be able to get high percentage shots, that they're able to finish at the rim and score in other ways? That's the only question that I have. I think they can do it. It's just a matter of if they will. Yeah, it, look, they they Dewan Harris is six foot one. He's not going to bring size to the point guard position, but it's the least important position to have that on the floor. So imagine I, I don't think we care about being undersized at the one, right? Not 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 a no. really a thing. Right? So okay, you might be undersized at five, but you're going to likely have more size at two, three, and four. All the time, so it, it is. It to me, it's only. It, I don't even care. I don't care about the offense at the five at all. That's just what we've seen in recent years because they have had these unicorns in Doke and David McCormick now that we're just used to the offense running that way. This is an offense at two through four, no matter who's out there, that is going to be more athletic. I, I think then every team that they play, and I, I say that now, not knowing the, you know the intricacies of everybody's roster, but I, I'm going to find it hard to imagine that at the two, three, and four spots, anybody will have more explosive athletes at those positions than Kansas does. So what does that mean? It means that's probably where the offense is coming from this year. It's not going to be a work it down to McCormick, work it down to Doak. Build in on those. Let them kick it out to an open shooter. It may go outside in, right? Because they have the athletes to do that this year. And I and I think that's great because I think it's going to be it's going to look different, but it could be just as effective, if not more, than what we've seen Kansas offensively in the past few years. I, I don't have any concerns about the the lack of a potential offense from a five. I, I truly don't. Except for, like I mentioned, when the shots go cold, it's going to happen. So they've got to find other ways. When that, ha- I'm not suggesting it's going to happen tonight. It could it happen. Might happen anytime. It could happen on a cold January night in Morgantown. I mean, right, it could. But don't you so, think that Dick and Wilson uh, and McCuller, from what we've seen over him, from him, like those are creators as much as they're sure. shooters. And sure. I think that's how you help it, right? Like if it's if you're not hitting outside shots, 
you got to get to the basket. You got to get to the free throw line. You got to draw in contact. And I think we've seen that through two games so far that those guys are very comfortable in that role as well. Not just shooting, but getting to the basket and creating. That's one of the misconceptions about Grady Dick. He's as an explosive an athlete and a creator as there will be in the country. He's also a really good shooter that he'll lean on probably early in his college career tremendously. I love it. Yeah, I think it's, I don't anticipate that being an issue tonight. Um, I like Kansas. I think it's going to be fun basketball to watch. Two Blue Bloods and um, really watching these young guys in Dick and and Mitchell. Man, we're in for a treat. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm excited to get a first look at Duke. I, I, I'm always excited to see what Duke is in a season, and we're going to see it. And go Mark Mitchell too. Like I don't want to. I don't want. I hope he has an awesome game and Kansas wins. But I'm going to root for Mark Mitchell all year. He played right here at Bel Air. Uh, that program has been a ton of fun to follow, and I think it's tremendous that again we had this last year uh, with with Tennessee and and Baylor, two of their key players coming from Sunrise Christian. It's just a factory right now, and it'll be on display again tonight with with Mitchell and Dick. All right, let's uh, let's take a break here. 869-1240 opened up for your thoughts as we come down the back half of the second hour of Sports Daily on a Tuesday. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, welcome back, everybody. Talking a little KU Duke here. We're all jacked up for it. Uh, Norm Roberts had a chance to preview this for us. Let's get some of his thoughts. Bill Self still gone. Uh, this game and one more. And then we'll get him back right now. It's Norm Roberts in charge. So uh, let's start with how Duke plays KU. Norm Roberts getting ready for the Blue Devils. Uh, I think they want to play fast. I don't know if they'll be able to play as fast, but they're so big. 
that that can really pound the ball inside and they can do a lot of things and and their bigs are versatile. They can shoot threes, they can handle the ball in the perimeter. Interesting. Uh we just talked about the length and the and the impact it may have. All right, so then how do you prepare on the other side for Duke? Here's Roberts. Uh I think you go by what you've seen okay. and and more than what's been done in the past. Um different players you know, maybe a little bit different style. I know one thing, they're pressuring defensively like they normally do. Uh, they're moving the ball and playing unselfishly like they always do. And then one more here for you, a bigger game tonight than they've seen from Roberts. The bottom line is you got to come ready to play. Uh, mistakes are a little bit more magnified because, you know, in these, in these uh, first two games, you can maybe get away with some stuff from an athletic standpoint, being bigger, stronger, maybe faster, or having a lead and, and those things. That's not, that's not what's going to happen. Yeah, that's not what happen. You make a mistake in this game, they're going to take advantage of it. Yeah, look, it is. And that goes both ways, Tommy. Norm Roberts there on the audio filling in for Bill Self right now. Mistakes will be amplified. Seeing these two teams respond will be a big part of – the evaluation of this game. We've seen to a small degree, right? Kansas respond within games. Omaha was closer than they should have been in the second half and Kansas responded and ended up, you know, beating them comfortably. That's been a thing that Kansas has done a little bit. Now they did it in the exhibition game. Can they afford to do that against Duke? I don't know the answer to that question. I would suspect no, but I'm not also going to sit here and tell you that Kansas isn't talented enough to overcome a lull in this game where Duke takes advantage. I think they very well could be. So I don't know the answer to that. Well, I think that there's something to be said also about playing to the level of your, of the competition. Uh, and that happens quite a bit, not just with Kansas. It happens with teams in general. You A lot of times you play up. Uh, if your opponent is, is higher than you, you play lower when your opponent is lower than you. It kind of happens, um, you know, I, I don't know why. I don't know the psychology behind it, uh, but it, it tends to happen. So I think that we're going to look at really, really, really high-level basketball tonight. And so it's different. I mean, come on. Like, the understatement of the year is a game against Duke in the Champions Classic is night and day different than an exhibition game against Pittsburgh State. I mean, it just is. And so I don't think you can draw any conclusions from the fact that the Jayhawks fell behind 12 nothing in that exhibition game and then try to equate that to something with tonight. Um, that it's complete. It's apples and oranges. Um, so I, I do think that there is that playing to the competition a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're not wrong when you and, and Norm Roberts is not wrong when he says that any kind of mistake will be amplified in a setting like this. So you've got to be sharp. You've got to take care of the basketball. You've got to make sure that you're doing all the right things. Um, and I, I can guarantee you that Norm Roberts will have the Jayhawks ready for that, and John Shire will have the Blue Devils re ready for that. That's why I'm so excited for this matchup, because we're talking about really, really, really elite basketball early in the season. Yeah, it's um, it, it's going to be a blast. I cannot wait for it. It's uh, it's coming up here on our on our network, which is which is even better, right? Seven o'clock. Right here on KFH, the pregame. It's an eight thirty tip. It's late, which is yeah. annoying, uh, and it's pushed well, because of that anyway. CFP show. I know, but you know, eight thirty tip. I get I'm on typically set in bed by like nine, so you know, I get I, it's, I, it, I get it on set at nine. You. 
I, I've got I, I get on set. I'm going to have to watch it in like a little two inch monitor off to the side <laughs> and run over during commercial breaks. These late tips bug me. Um, if you're going to be late, be really late, right? Be like a nine, 10 o'clock tip and let me watch. No, it's, I wish it was, a, I wish it was a little earlier, um, but that's okay. They wanted to get their CFP show in that get me out of here with that garbage. That's all right. We'll stay up late with KU tonight. You'll hear it. Pre-game starts at seven o'clock. That's what's on tap for KFH tonight. The State Farm Champions Club, Kansas, number seven, Duke. Bring it on. We'll tell you what else is on tap when we wrap up Sports Daily on a Tuesday. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.